0: Excellent.
1: Welcome aboard the Little Red Bandwagon, the podcast by fans of the podcast Too Beautiful to Live – in my office, on Wi-Fi, in the Brighton neighborhood of Boston, Massachusetts, I am Bobby Papin. Joining me from the beautiful downtown New Brighton, Minnesota, in the Stick of Butter Studios, it's Anne Lundholm. Good morning, Anne. Good morning, Bobby. How dare you not tell us that you are on Wi-Fi. <laughs> it's a scandal. We've already had to reset Zencaster once. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> In HomeSpeed Home Studios in the North Rosedale Park neighborhood of Detroit, Michigan, it's Meredith Van Harn. Good morning, Meredith.
0: Good morning, Bobby. You said it almost like a Detroiter. You could say Detroit.
1: I'm working on it. I'm working on my regional dialect. I like it. And in the Deer Blind Studios in the Mountain Room at the ranch in Manchac, Texas, it's Mike the Jail Dude Frizzell. Good morning, Mike. Is that the audio equivalent of a tumbleweed? Yes. <laughs> uh, in a best case scenario, Mike forgot we're recording on Saturday instead of Sunday this week. And in a worst case scenario, he's stuck somewhere without his legs. Yep. So he's <laughs> hoping he's slept It's a fire
2: in. sale.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I hope he's being brave for Yeah, everyone. me too. Yeah. So it'll be uh, the three of us this week. And Mike, uh, you're off the hook. Congratulations. We're going to do a little... LRB business, followed by a discussion of this week's TBTL, or at least as much of it as we can remember, some housekeeping, and how you, listeners, can get involved with this here show. We'll start with some LRB business. Anne? Hey, we found something out on Facebook this week. There was a post
2: uh, from the sister, and then from later from Kirby, the wife of our good friend Jack Taylor, that Jack was doing what Jack do, rigging a show, and took a fall and hit his head and was in the hospital. And one of the funniest things his sister said in the post was at least he fell on the hardest part of his body. (laughs) So everybody is uh, very hopeful that he's going to be fine kirby said no surgeries yet but we just wanted to say jack we love you Mm -hmm. and we are hoping to hear from you when you feel up to it so crossing our fingers sending good thoughts into the universe for jack because he is a big part of the lrb family
1: yes yeah especially because we have to get some sort of picnic or something planned this summer and If Jack can't just magically show up and do most of our setup for us, we're really going to be in trouble.
2: (laughs) Who's going to take awkward pictures of me? (laughs) I mean, that's about you, Meredith, not Jack. Yeah,
1: I know. (laughs) Uh, So,
2: wishing you well, Jack.
1: Yeah. (laughs) We love you. We want you to live. Just like Mike. (laughs) Uh, I've got a couple of HR updates from my life. The first is about my job interview process at the Buffalo Theater of Youth. Uh, and as I said just before I got on, uh, probably something I shouldn't be talking about here, but hey, whatever. Nobody listens to this. I'll just pretend it's TBTL. Um, <laughs> so I interviewed for this fundraising job with the Buffalo Theater of Youth. Great organization. Sounds like a lot of fun. And as I mentioned on the last episode that I was on, uh, Which was the last episode. I don't know why I clarified. Uh, They sprung something on me at the end of the interview, which is that the managing director, who is the boss uh, in the office there, is leaving. Well, since then, uh, it's been a bit of a whirlwind because I found out that they really liked me. And they liked me so much that they wanted me to interview for the boss's job.
2: (laughs) Now... (laughs) Remind us, this fundraising job was a part-time gig, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. It was supposed to be, a, you know, it was it was quote-unquote half-time, and when I asked what half-time meant when I was first applying for the job, they said, well, you know, you have to get your work done. It's flexible. So, in Bobby land, and this is not bragging so much as just, um, I don't know, the level of effort I put into things. Half-time in this context was probably about 15 hours a week. Um, the the boss's job is certainly a full-time job. Yeah. Uh, and as listeners may know, I have a full-time job uh, that I'm yeah, not do. Being, looking to quit right now. Uh, but there is something very attractive about the thought of having an actual job that is in the same city as my wife and home and cat. Hmm. Yeah.
2: I mean, that's a
1: criterion you're considering. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh... Uh, in short, I will simply say, I'm having a lot of interesting conversations with people right now, and I'm going to be having some more this week. Uh, and there is a small possibility that B-Toy will be all mine. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, oh, I hope come. it is, so we can keep saying that. <laughs> uh, more to come, and it's exciting, and I may be trying to talk everyone into letting me work for them a little bit. That, that may be the answer. Um, we will see, but uh, it's been a lot of fun. Having these conversations with people, and uh, the the thought of me managing a company that does theater for children is both exciting and terrifying. Uh, but w- one thing I did say to Sam this week was that between this job and her working in pediatrics, um, we have definitely cemented any possibility of us wanting to have kids, and we firmly <laughs> do not. No kidding.
0: <laughs> it will remind you every day that you made the right choice. Exactly.
1: Uh, And another HR update from my life. Uh, Yet another story I probably shouldn't tell, but uh, I I don't know that I can resist. I I almost feel like I need to confess this story. (laughs) Um, So in my uh, other side job that is ending today, actually this Saturday, uh, I have been helping out this orchestra in Boston, the Longwood Symphony, uh, through their executive director search, and we've hired their new executive director, and it's someone I know and have known for several years we're not I I would say after this week we're certainly friends um, but we're not close you know we don't have the kind of rapport that say the three of us might have Uh, and so I sometimes forget what audience (laughs) I have (laughs) Oh, sometimes sometimes my mouth moves faster than my brain which I think Uh everybody on this chat knows about me by now And so uh, I was sitting with my new colleague uh, and she was talking about how because she's new, she's been taking a lot of lunch meetings and dinner meetings and coffee meetings and, you know, getting to know a lot of people very quickly. Uh, And she said something to the effect of how she had not eaten out this much in a very long time. (sighs) And I let it go at first. I, I didn't snicker. Or nothing. I I was as good as I could be. But then a moment later, she started clicking her jaw and she was complaining that her jaw hurt. And I reflexively, without even thinking about it, just said, Probably because you've been eating out so much. (laughs) Oh, Bobby. (laughs) Just to be clear, that's not even a term I like for that. I am. I am a lot of things. I'm a terrible human, but I you may have noticed I'm actually very particular about terms I use for things like that. I I, I avoid unnecessary vulgarity unless it's in service of a joke. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I didn't even put it together. Like I wasn't even trying to make a joke. It just came out. How did she react? Um, honestly, there was just a an awkward pause, one beat. <laughs> And then just on to the next step in the conversation, oh, no. completely unacknowledged.
0: That belongs in that sexual harassment video. I yes, it does.
1: He told that
0: joke, <laughs> and you are going. Mean, I can't believe my dad thought I'd
1: never make it as a stand-up comedian. I felt terrible, but like you can't back up and say, "Hey, I'm sorry." We had a conversation earlier, and I have been a really inappropriate. Like, how do you? Oh no, the time her? for that passed. We right. had to do that immediately. But or I was never. frozen. Yeah. I will say, uh, like, a half an hour later, we were um, using the app Spot Hero, which some people might be familiar with. You can, like, book people's spots or spots in private parking lots. Um, We were nailing down parking for uh, an event this evening, actually. And there's a parking lot that we both use a lot that happens to be right near this concert hall. And there are a handful of spots available in it, and they are numbered but they're like 68 through 72 or something. Oh, and she of just, course they are. She just looked at me and she said, I always take spot 69. I know I'm a child, but I always take spot 69. <laughs> <laughs> and so I felt a little better. <laughs> like, I just felt i felt a little better that she felt comfortable saying that to me. Like, maybe she would not have said that to me if I had At
0: least you're both making inappropriate jokes.
1: Yeah, I feel like they're on different levels. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like... I made I made a a sort of reference. Well, they're both references to sex acts, but one is just the sex number. Like
2: (laughs) you made a specific reference to her sex life. Yeah. She (laughs) made a general one about
0: a
1: funny (laughs) number. So I'm sorry. Um, I am the Viva HR department and I think she is the uh, LSO HR department. So I don't really know who to consult. (laughs) (laughs) Complain to yourself. I do, all the time. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's that's Bobby's HR update. All right.
2: <clears throat> um, I have a piece of business here, and it has nothing to do with anything, except that I'm really bummed that I missed this for Tripod, like, by a week or two. Otherwise, I would have brought it up because I love it so much. Did you guys know that Topher Grace has a new podcast? No. No. Yes, it is, uh was started by Sim Sarna, who is the producer of Anna Ferris's podcast, and who is also a good friend of Topher Grace. And the premise that he came up with is that every week they have a celebrity guest on, but instead of doing the deep dive celebrity conversation, they chat for a few minutes. And then they have... An adventure. And the podcast is called Minor Adventures with Topher Grace. So I think the pilot episode is he had Whitney Cummings on and they took a lie detector test. So they had an expert administrator person of lie detector tests come on and they talked about the process and what was involved. And then they took tests. Then they had an episode where he did telemarketing with Paul Shear. Uh They had one where they learn how to do movie trailers with him and Wilder Valderrama. And I am telling you guys, it is a great podcast. Highly recommend. I think there's only like four or five episodes out, so it's a good time to get into it. And he's very relaxed and down-to-earth and self-deprecating in a way that's not like I'm going to deprecate myself because I'm so insecure, but like he really is just thinks he's dorky and uh so i'm recommending that podcast for everybody minor adventures with topher grace it's worth looking at just for the cover art for the podcast
1: alone i'm gonna put a link in the show notes and i promise i'll actually do it oh wow (laughs) oh wow the art i just (laughs) i've seen i think i've seen women reading this on airplanes
2: Indeed. Indeed.
0: <laughs> it looks like they beefed up his jaw a little bit. A little bit. <laughs> <laughs> That's
1: great. Uh and you're full of good podcast suggestions. I should mention I don't know if I can open it now, the fiction podcast you pitched on tripod.
2: Uh-huh. uh-huh. Wolf three fifty nine.
1: Yeah, I, I won't say I've been listening actively yet. It's been in my feed. But for whatever reason, it is now the podcast that my player defaults to when there's nothing <laughs> actively playing. <laughs> so I'm getting uh, 10 to 30 seconds of it at a time every time I get into my car. Perfect. So someday I will actually get uh, sit and do it. What I have been doing this week is I've been in hotel rooms a lot, as you all may have noticed. Um, uh, just to clarify, though, my marriage is fine. It's just work stuff. Um, <laughs> sure it is. Just throwing that out there for the conspiracy theorists. Um, I have been finally watching Bojack Horseman. oh, uh. just I'm still in the first season, but like I just threw a bunch on my iPad before I left Buffalo the other day, and I only mention it because, as I have often referenced on this show and in life, that i am I'm waiting for Sam and the world to just figure out that I'm two children in a trench coat, <laughs> and I have finally gotten to uh Vincent Adultman. <laughs> <laughs> the character that is clearly three children in a trench coat. Right.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> and that Bojack is the only one who, who acknowledges this. And uh I people have you know, obviously this is a classic bit from the little rascals, so it's been around forever, but everybody when I tell them I'm two children in a trench coat references this character from Bojack now. And so now I feel like I'm on the inside track. So uh Anne's got a cutting-edge new podcast recommendation for you. And I will encourage you to watch the new cartoon that isn't new because people have been watching it for years now. (laughs) You're on brand,
2: Bobby. Yep. Yep. Um,
0: My little piece of business is uh, what I did last weekend. Um, Gregory works in steel mills around the Midwest and he was in Cleveland all last week and I took a long weekend and his boss invited us out to his house which is in the middle of nowhere south of Cleveland actually by Worcester, Ohio um, in, in a little place called Orville, Ohio and he has this I mean enormous mid-century palace Luke would have loved it because everything is original it's got the basement bar with like aluminum Christmas tree in it and a stove Uh that folds down from the wall and everything is starburst and and I drive up and there's a huge circle drive and it's full of cars and I was like what kind of what's going on here today Uh, I thought we were just coming over to to check out his house and stuff and his wife comes running out and and I'd never met her before. And she gives me this big hug and she goes, Meredith, come on inside. And so the guys are outside talking and I, she leads me inside. And there are, I don't know, 15, maybe like baby boomer age people sitting around their living room in, in a drum circle. Excuse so, me? Yeah. <laughs> She's like, do you like <laughs> drum circles? And I, was like, um, <laughs> I mean, uh, I'll watch. And And so they're like just the whole thing and they they're pounding i'm like oh i'm glad i don't have a headache because it was pretty awful to listen to none of these people are are professional uh musicians so they just sat around in their huge like open beautiful living room playing like it was sunken you know everybody's sitting on the floor uh with pillows against the wall and stuff and they're doing a drum circle for i don't know probably the first hour that i was there and then the drum circle part kind of breaks up and everybody's mingling And they were super nice people. Um, I guess this is like a thing that gets organized um, by one specific person. And she goes and goes around to different people's houses and and does these hosts, these parties for for their friends. And it's supposed to be like a stress relief, like get your get your anger out and bang on this
2: drum. (laughs) Was she selling anything? I mean, there wasn't like a room with sex toys.
0: No, there was no mid-level marketing anything. I was surprised. Nobody tried to sell me essential oils. It was great. Um, and the other notable thing, I mean, you know, we just kind of hung out and, and, and chatted with these people for a while. And the other weird thing is that um, LeBron James's head of security was there. He lives next door to this guy. Oh. Yeah. Does he have um, a big house too? He does. Yeah. He's a retired police officer and he says he has to go to L.A. pretty regularly because LeBron now splits his time between Ohio and L.A., Um but and he hates it. And he just complained about LA traffic. He's this probably like grizzled kind of 65 year old guy. Um, but uh, his, the, what he, what he really wanted to talk about was all the stuff that people send to LeBron. Cause his job is to go through all that. Mm-hmm. He's got to open all the packages and screen everything and make sure that it's not stalkery or it's not a bomb or whatever. <laughs> Nobody's sending him anthrax. Yeah. Yeah. But mostly people send LeBron James products that they want him to endorse. So he just gets all oh. this free stuff. Um, and we were also, there was also a Segway at this house and people were riding it around very drunk. <laughs> there was probably one box of wine per person at this party. I hope that you consumed your share. I sure did. <laughs> sure did. Yeah. It was fun. We ended up staying the night cause couldn't drive home.
2: Oh. <laughs> well, 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 that's yeah. how they get you.
0: Well, <laughs> They didn't get me like
2: that, so I, I escaped unscathed. <laughs> <laughs> so are you going to go back? Heck yeah. Um,
0: what was the food like? I want to do a drum party. It was just hors d'oeuvres. It was like, oh. you know, cheese and crackers and stuff. But they did have black pepper triscuits, so I was in heaven.
1: There we go. All Ooh. right. Yep. <laughs> uh, I was going to suggest that this summer, instead of a picnic, we have a whirly ball tournament, but maybe we should just have a, an LRB drum circle. Drum circle, oh. Yeah.
0: boy yeah that's the right reaction
1: (laughs) see the the guy who can't even nail the countdown at the beginning of the show just suggested we all bang (laughs) in rhythm for an hour if you don't have a headache yet you will after this yeah
2: I've done the um the Susan G Komen race for the cure a few Mm -hmm. times I used to do it with my old job although we did walk not race because come on And, uh, you know, it's always lined with very enthusiastic supporters. And there is, I believe it's a lesbian drum circle that is always sort of parked around the one mile marker. And they are extremely enthusiastic. And I appreciate them very much. (laughs) And I wish they weren't there. (laughs) Yeah. They keep the energy level up and ear splitting. They keep you running. Keep you running away from that sound. <laughs> exactly. I got to get away from here. Um here is my my main um topic for myself and business is that I think I may need you guys to do a baking intervention for me. Uh-oh. And this goes back to the last Friday show and Meredith you mentioned that you were baking Victoria sponges. Yes. The worst named cake ever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, from the Great British Baking Show. But then when you went to actually do it, you realized you didn't have any baking pans. So you ordered them from Amazon and I,
1: what? I I have to interrupt. Victoria Sponge is the second worst name after any dump cake.
2: (laughs) All right. Point taken. Yeah, (laughs) But you said that you had ordered some cake pans on Amazon and I immediately said eight or nine inch and you were like um, eight inches. And I said, (laughs) I believe what I said was Huh. Yes. <laughs> it, it gave me anxiety for the rest of the show because I was like, did, did I do
0: the wrong thing?
2: And then uh, on on our Facebook page, listener Callie was asking for the recipe. And she also mentioned that she was kind of afraid to know what the huh <laughs> meant and whether eight or nine inch was the correct pan size. And um, once I thought about it more, because I didn't actually have a right answer for that. I was just asking the question. But I think I think nine inches more widely used, which is what I said to Callie, Um, but I don't actually think it matters very much. But this got me thinking about my baking pan inventory, and I was like, yeah, I don't really have that many baking pans at all, and then I started counting them up, and if I could just make the list for you guys and you tell me if this is too much, not enough, or just right... Because I started out by saying, well, I have three 9-inch rounds, three 8-inch rounds, three 6-inch rounds, four pie pans, six mini pie pans, uh, three 12-count muffin pans, a six-count Jumbo muffin pan, one of those brownie pans that's all individual. It's like a silicone pan. So every piece is an edge piece or whatever. I don't know. So
1: every piece is the best piece. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah.
2: I have four regular bunt pans, a mini bunt pan, the baby bunt pan that Meredith, you got me, mm-hmm. um, two angel food pans, and two nine by 13 inch rectangular. An eight by eight square, two nine inch tart pans, a six inch tart pan, a nine inch tart pan with tall sides that you would do for like quiche, a 10 inch spring form, an eight inch spring form, two loaf pans, and four mini loaf pans. That's all? Is that too much? And Oh, look. and a Madeline pan. <laughs> well, oh,
0: I was just, I need to get one of those. I was just looking at a recipe. Um, and I not to be an enabler, but because I'm the beneficiary of a lot of your baking goods when you send them to us in the mail, I'm not going to say that's too much stuff.
2: <laughs> it seems like a lot. But in my defense, I don't think I have bought most of that. People give it to me. Hey, yeah. this is not defend yourself.
1: I'm First fully all, in favor of this. I didn't hear a popover pan anywhere in there. That's true. I don't have a pop... I don't like unitaskers, Bobby. <laughs> yeah, but, but popovers, if you're going to get the height... I mean, you could also make super tall muffins in them, I guess. But, like, you're not going to get the height in a muffin tin. Even a jumbo muffin tin, because the shape's going to be wrong. Right. So it sounds like, to me, you've got not enough good stuff. You've got noongus. Well, I don't know, Bobby. How much is enough? Well, I mean... uh We'll we'll work on the popover pan and like Meredith said, we're the beneficiaries of you having all these things. So I think it's okay. Do you have a picture of this for the catalog? Like, have you? Is this a spreadsheet somewhere? Have you tracked all this now? No, I have not. Did you just do that off the top of your head? Yes. What? I thought for sure you were reading a list. Did you make all of those lists with your with your body? Uh,
2: I did. I did. <laughs> I just visualized my cupboard.
1: Uh, I was just wondering if we could get a picture for the show picture of all of your sure. fans. <laughs> I'll I'll pull them out and put them on the counter. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, maybe this is a good crossover episode for us. We should reach out to Andrea and Stefan uh-huh. and we should we should um, have like we should Marie Kondo your your cookware. But no. I need it all. No. <laughs> I'm going to veto that idea. <laughs> <laughs> this is very quickly trending from from uh, preheated to hoarders. But I, I need it all. <laughs> now, it all fits in your cupboards?
2: Yes. I was complaining to my mom. I was like, God, I just wish that I had a, a kitchen that had a pantry or more kitchen cupboard space. And she's like, what are you talking about? You have lots of cupboards. And I'm like, no, I don't. I actually submit that I don't have a lot of cupboard space, but
1: not have, according to her. You have one plate and one cup and one set of silverware and then all bakeware.
2: Yes. And then also, like, um, I have some glass um, baking dishes, like if I was going to make a casserole or, mm-hmm. more properly, a hot dish. Right. but. right. They are from the seventies that my mom 's friend gave me when her mother died, and i 've never once used them, but i 'm like, I have to have something that I can like bake a dish in the oven in
0: and is this are these negatively affecting your life in any way because that to me is the hallmark
2: of a problem, and I just don 't think that it i don't think it is no i I think you're right, I think you're right. I'm just very I'm a very minimalist person and so I'm like yeah everything is all streamlined. I don't have a lot of stuff. And then I go through that horrifying inventory. <laughs> you do have a lot of stuff, but it's okay. Okay, thank you. I feel better.
1: Good. This was the best anti-intervention ever. Mhm. <laughs> Keep baking us
2: things. <laughs> I just wish that more things traveled well. I would make you guys cakes and stuff, but they don't make it to their destination yeah. very well.
1: Well, Mike is overdue to come eat cheese with you, so. That's true. Maybe That's we'll true. figure something out. And I could I could go for a Heggie's pizza.
2: <laughs> Everybody could go for a Heggie's pizza at this point. What are you making for Monday? I am making a key lime and ginger tart. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Meredith, not the one that Ryan made on the Great British Baking Show oh. that Paul said that was the best thing he'd ever eaten. Okay. I thought about it. <laughs> but there were, I think there were some ingredient concerns. I don't know how to source stem ginger in the United States. I've never really looked it. I don't even it, know what that it's, is. It's more of a British thing. It comes in a jar and I, I haven't seen it. So I went with something a little bit different that's ginger and in the crust and some lime juice and whatever we'll do some whipped cream he used meringue on his tart and i'm like well that's not right for tea lime no it's whipped cream yeah so i'm looking forward to that okay all right um has the time come when we deal with some tbtl related things i guess if we have to (laughs) Uh, Let's make ourselves happy and look at Throw Your Phones. Oh, we don't have any general Throw Your Phones. So we can go straight into the wonderful, amazing, life-affirming, uplifting content that was TVTL. You guys, Luke, who doesn't
0: like to leash his dog, got chased by an unleashed dog in Marfa (laughs) this week. I did Mr. Burns' hands the whole entire time. I was striving, but I was still just like, excellent. He finally gets what he deserves. This is why you don't let your dog off their leash, because you don't know what they're going to do, and they might hurt somebody or scare somebody. And it's mean, and it's rude, and it might hurt the dog. You idiot. I just the, the irony of this was so delicious to me. I just I'm glad he didn't get hurt, and I it's I'm sad that it's it scared him. Mm-hmm. But what's more upsetting is that he's not going to learn anything from this. He's not going to keep no. Rudy on
1: her leash.
2: He did not <laughs> seem to make this connection no, at all. He did not.
1: There's a really just... big difference here. He was afraid that that dog was going to bite him, whereas Rudy just nut punches people.
0: True. <laughs> And his whole rationale for that is, "Oh, she's not going to hurt anybody." But they don't know that. Uh-huh.
2: The people this that dog she's running may, after don't. This this dog may have been also just a nut puncher. Right. You don't know that when it's running at you. Ugh.
0: So frustrating. That's all I have to say about that. It was just irritating and yep. ironic.
2: Yeah, it's not it's not a story that has a, a long a long road to travel upon no. it but yeah. although i imagine that once they go to australia he's going to get
0: chased by some wallabies or something well dingoes I mean, dingoes not Literally. if he's on the
1: slippery floor of his hotel room but that's for later <laughs> <laughs> i wish we had yes. actually heard more about marfa i mean i know he talked about marfa a little bit and sort of in passing and i know that he was there at some festival thing with Addie, but like i feel like a lot of things that weren't life highlights got covered this week, and we probably could have reallocated more of that time to Marfa, which yeah. I've still mm-hmm. never been to, and I really want to go.
0: Marfa is the place where I got stuck with a flat tire and had to hike seven miles to civilization. Right, oh, that's right.
2: <laughs> <Yep>. that's right.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was ex- it was exciting. The people in Marfa are delightful, um, but the people around Marfa are uh, few and far between. Well, that that's was the, the problem.
1: S- that's the story of Texas, right? Basically. Yeah.
0: I mean, we could have hiked into Tijuana on an accident and the, the only cars we were seeing in the distance were border patrol. It was scary. And we didn't we didn't see any creatures whatsoever. It was in February. It was Valentine's Day. Um so it was not overly warm. We so there weren't any like scary snakes out or anything like that. But Marfa is a gorgeous place. That's also where I saw Michael, Sarah and his girlfriend at the hotel that we stayed at after we <laughs> escaped getting <laughs> trapped in the middle of nowhere it was an eventful trip sure for was. you sure yeah. was sure
2: was why were you going there for an uh, event or just because
0: it was it was us and our friends uh, Jack and uh, Jocelyn and we just wanted to take a long weekend and, and we found a beautiful house on Airbnb and it looked like it was in Marfa because you know they don't tell you the exact location And Duff was in charge of this, and he, of course, didn't, like, follow up on where it actually was, and it turned out to be 20 miles away from Marfa, towards Mm. the border Mm -hmm. with Mexico. And um, you need, you really need, like, a jeep to get around there, because the roads are all rock, um, and they're very steep and precipitous and not really paved at all. And so we had my Honda CRV and it got a flat tire almost immediately. The first day we were there and trying to go to actual Marfa and everyone's kind of pissy. Cause it's like, where, why are we out in the middle of nowhere? And we wanted to go to Marfa <laughs> and then it's like, Oh, I know a shortcut along this gravel road and immediately got a, a flat tire. So oh
2: no! it was supposed
0: to be a fun, relaxing weekend. And it turned into just an absolute trial but would you go back to Marfa another time? I would go to actual Marfa, yeah. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Once we managed to get a, a tire replaced on Valentine's Day, which was a Sunday that year, by some weird tire shop that happened to be open in Presidio, Texas, um, then we, we abandoned the Airbnb and went to Marfa and got a hotel room with Michael Sarah.
1: What a fun, sexy time for you. It
0: was. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it was not uh (laughs) no that was that was my one point Mm -hmm. uh uh, yeah i'll get there someday uh i mean when i was in the foothills at that condo a couple of years ago yeah it got it gets rural fast yeah it does (laughs) it was beautiful actually like i hadn't expected it to be so beautiful but yeah it really is gorgeous the the sky is wonderful there yeah yeah
2: Well, let's talk about another place that gets rural fast and has a wonderful sky and throw another cliche on the Barbie. (laughs) Uh, There's a lot of Australia talk on the show this week and I expect that the ratio of Australia talk will increase every week until they actually go until the final week before Australia will be all Australia all the time. Uh, But they... Have got some news stories to go along with the planning. Number one, Australia has begun using poisonous sausages to take care, and by take care, I mean kill, their feral cat population. And so this poses a real <sighs> lack of understanding for Luke because he has such um, overwhelming animal empathy now he does not want any cats to get killed obviously and he makes the point uh that no animals are native to australia anyway so how can we be the ones to say that cats don't deserve to be there and the other animals do and i was like huh (laughs) and we gotta throw your phone from megan Who says, Christian school science strikes again. Luke is insisting that no animals are endemic to Australia. Where does he think they came from? (laughs) His complete lack of understanding of the difference between animals that evolved in the Australian ecosystem and animals that were brought by settlers and have overwhelmed the native populations. And Andrew god bless him he was trying <laughs> he was trying to explain the difference and luke just was not interested in knowing i'm not super thrilled about killing all those cats but if yeah, they're gonna I don't... kill all the other animals
0: yeah i don't i mean there are better ways to control feral cats namely uh trap neuter and release so that they don't keep making more babies but they protect their territory from other cats but mm-hmm. it sounds like they're having a, a problem on a scale that yes that, yes. that probably would be way too labor intensive um and i i really hate this but um you know it it sort of makes sense
2: yeah i did read a couple of articles where they said exactly that that yeah it's there are feral cats in 99% of the australia's i don't know land areas or something because they have a series of small islands uh and there are only a couple of islands that don't have the cats and that's because they've gone in and targeted them and gotten rid of them so they're just everywhere Hmm. i don't want them to kill all the little the cute little kangaroos or whatever (laughs) whatever they were talking
0: about Cats are really good hunters. I mean, they do destroy the native bird pop. That's the other problem I have with outdoor cats. Mm-hmm. Get on my soapbox again. Um, they kill um, migratory birds like crazy.
2: That's mm-hmm. terrible. I mean, this is why Barnaby Joyce is uh, such a crazy person <laughs> about Johnny Depp and Amber Heard sneaking their dogs into the country, right? Yeah, they have had such horrible outcomes from people bringing non-native
1: animals that they have a that's delicate why they're hardliners yeah yep if cartoons have taught me anything though places. it's that we should bring in some more dogs to take care of all the cats exactly but then what do we do with all the dogs <laughs>
2: can we teach kangaroos to not punch the dogs <laughs>
1: mm, probably that seems like it could work
2: <laughs> i'm all about solutions <laughs> Uh, In other Australian news, Luke has gone into high gear fretting about this jog situation. And he's sort of casting it as, well, it's tradition that we do on TBTL road trips that I go for jogs and I share (laughs) with the 10s and I post it online. Oh, I'm not on Facebook. How am I going to do that this time? We'll figure it out. But this is all an excuse, right? Because of his his body issues that um, m- make him fear taking a week off of exercise. Yes. And this is not a critique or a criticism on my part. Because I have lived that life. And I finally got out of that headspace. And <laughs> I gained 75 pounds. So <laughs> it's not like <laughs> it's without uh, without any kind of merit. But one week is, is not going to hurt him irretrievably but he's just incapable of i don't setting that aside for this even though it's the trip of a lifetime it's a one-time deal it's incredible opportunity he's still sort of on high alert about this i'd like to start with i think my favorite throw your phone of the week from thea who says a travel treadmill (laughs) That they can haul around in the outback? No, for so many reasons. Also, Luke, just enjoy a week in Australia, not getting attacked by wild animals and not having anxiety about being attacked by wild animals. This was Nutburger that he said he saw travel treadmills and he was wondering if they could take one with them. Oh my God. No. Are you going to buy it in Australia? You can't take that on the plane. You're going to ship it through? I don't know what he was thinking. I mean, you're right, and This seems like a he
0: can't just let it go for a week. Nope. It sounds a little crazy when you think about it that way.
2: I wonder if he talks about his body issues with his therapist. because I hope so. I mean, you know, not to tell him what he should be working on in his
1: therapy, but this is a huge issue for him. The hardest part about the travel uh, treadmill is finding a space like 50 feet away to set up the travel MSNBC TV on the wall (laughs) that you can't hear the audio (laughs) to. Yeah. He'll never find the space. Right. Yeah. And good luck getting uh, the feed.
2: And he needs to bring Rudy so that he can station her. On a mini travel dog treadmill, so she can run unleashed next (laughs) Mm. to him. That would be adorable, though. It kind of would be. (laughs) If he could train Rudy to run on a treadmill, I'd be impressed. Um, The second thing, I mean, after we talked about the travel treadmill, which I really hope is discarded, uh, later in the week, he came up with this idea that he's been seeing on YouTube for people who can't run when they're traveling and their idea is to squirt some dish soap on the floor of their hotel and run on the dish soap and get ahead. You're going to, Oh my God. I mean, number one, this presumes that you have a hotel that has some non-carpeted floor, Mm -hmm. like a place with a kitchenette. So like
0: I was imagining this in the bathroom.
2: Oh, okay. And then
0: you fall and hit your head on the tub. Yep, yep, yep. And die
2: alone
1: in a hotel room, bathroom covered in dish soap.
2: I mean, Andrew would come to get him the next day at some point. Yeah.
1: I imagine at this point, Andrew may have eaten a stray sausage, though. (laughs) So they're both doomed. Oh,
2: no. (laughs) (sighs) Didn't we say in a previous recap... Maybe I think it was Mike that said, "With everything that's going on with the planning of this trip and fundraising and all that, the stuff they choose to worry about is astounding." It is and and on
0: that same vein of astounding topics, let's talk about garbage forever.
2: Is our next segment?
1: <laughs> is that is that the segment name we're going with? And I ask because I have a feeling we're going to need it again
2: i like i'm thinking of striking against garbage talk oh Uh, yeah you guys know but i will tell the wagoneers i turned off wednesday's show 20 minutes in and luke had spent 15 minutes complaining about his garbage company and i thought to myself why am i listening to this i'm listening to two guys complaining about a municipal service while sitting on the hold line and playing the music mm-hmm. for the company. I don't want to spend my time this way. I'm not listening to garbage talk anymore. So you may in the future have to do garbage talk without me. That's okay because there's nothing. There's nothing.
0: Um, you know, Andrew even admitted he talks about this because he doesn't have anything else interesting to talk about. Yeah, anything Oof. else interesting? I think well, he's okay. The target on his <laughs> definition strike the else so his trash wasn't picked up this week for if you if you aren't a listener anymore don't 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 go back on this one um his trash was skipped and he he made some very strange comment that he thinks maybe it's cuz some other brightly colored bin wasn't out and so they didn't see it like as a flag I don't know I feel like the garbage people know to look for a
2: garbage can I mean if it's a regular <laughs> garbage collector and that's their route they yeah. should know yeah and he they used a picture of his garbage can as the show pick, because of course they did of course I don't know it didn't seem like it was camouflaged in any way into the landscape no. nope,
0: and the other part of this segment is that, yeah, Luke talking to his uh his municipal waste company and getting upset that they charge extra for uh extra pickup and and having to schedule that and and we got a great i you know we got a great three or phone from Catherine and I'll just read what she said because um, she said it pretty well. Luke complaining about having to pay for waste services, killing me, trashing things, recycling things. And yes, composting things has costs. He can't be bothered to go to phone meetings or check his work email, but he loses his mind over a small government office, not being available enough. Also, as with many government services, you don't get to opt out because you use it less. If you don't go to parks, you don't get to opt out of supporting parks. And the naming of these workers, as typically older women's names, really shows Luke's hand. He doesn't like it when women don't just give him exactly what he's expecting. Ongoing theme might have taken that conclusion a little far, but you
2: try listening to him derisively say Sherry ten times. I do not think you took it too far, nope. Catherine. That is an emerging pattern yes it is is dealing with women in customer service situations especially women who are a little bit older than him
0: yeah think of the passport lady who mm-hmm. he was positive was torpedoing his application and didn't mm-hmm. she just could she saw through his bullshit and that's what he doesn't like
2: yep i don't know and i actually because this is a dork i am i went and i looked up Bellingham Waste Management. And I went to their website, and it's a company that has 90 employees. And I was like, okay, so, I mean, how many of those do we think would actually be garbage collectors? 65? 70? I don't know. But the office staff can't be much more than 20 or 30 people, and the accountants aren't going to answer the phone, and Mm -hmm. the CEO isn't going to answer the phone, and all these people. So there's only a couple of people who may answer the phone when he calls and he's pissed that they want to take a lunch break <laughs> because oh, yeah, he that's mad when that he they don't stagger to...
0: their lunch times
2: <laughs> i know Come you on. wait to eat Man. until
0: 1 p.m so that luke just in case luke calls you can be there you can't leave right. a voicemail um, we got another throw your phone from lo- from listener Ross, who says, I like TVTL because it distracts from some of the annoyances of daily life. As a suburban daddish type, two straight flipping days of garbage can talk has me grateful for my shiny new phone case. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Ross, throwing his phone all over the suburbs because of garbage talk. I, I, I had a hard time with that, too, and I didn't turn it off, but I did. I just sort of like hung my head and, and listened with misery. Hmm. <laughs>
2: You're a better woman than I. Ugh. I was just like, I'm bailing on this episode and I'm not coming back. So I didn't fast forward 30 minutes and try to pick up a new topic. I was just like, no, not wasting my time. You got to do what you got to do. Listening to them yell at some poor lady who makes way less money than they do have Mm -hmm. to try and deal with their issues. And, And I think a salient detail is it's not just that they charge extra for extra pickup. It's, that it's because he didn't put his can out in time. Right. He mm-hmm. was supposed to have it out by 6.30 and he didn't put it out until 9 or whatever it was. And then he asked them to come back. And of course, of they're going to charge you an extra eight bucks or whatever it is. I think it was something like seven or eight dollars for mm-hmm. an extra pickup or maybe 12. So he's getting his knickers in, his, in a twist about a $12 charge that was his own fault.
1: I have so much you interesting
2: garbage talk from home. <laughs> it's actually, I think, it's really a good thing that Mike ghosted us on this recording because he was pretty worked up. He was for pretty his Garbage up. talk, yeah, garbage talk and dog talk. So maybe it's better for
1: his <laughs> true his mental his health.
2: cardiovascular health <laughs> that he does not stroke out.
1: Maybe that was intentional. Maybe he's just so mad, that he's seething. He can't get the headphones on.
0: Yeah. <laughs> The steam coming out of his ears is preventing them. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> all right. So Mike's waterlogged headphones. Um, we have all sorts of garbage stuff going on at home. I don't talk about it. Like, because I live with other people. We have this weird thing with the garbage person who puts our cans out and our recycle bin I had to beg the city for and on and on and on. But uh, no, what I will say is I think I've mentioned this before. Rhode Island, when we lived there, they have these YouTube videos for how to recycle, and they're mm-hmm. mesmerizing. <laughs> <laughs> the it's it's not quite AMS, uh, ASMR, but like the the woman who who records them, it's just she's got this cadence that's that's just weirdly soothing, and I think I have watched all of them. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. So uh, if anyone's looking for, a, you know, something to put them to sleep or just something, you know, it's like watching a TV show. It's like watching NCIS, right? Yeah, I don't care about the plot, really, and I don't have to follow it too closely. If you need, like, four minutes of zone out, just shoot me a message. I'll send you a link to, the, to a Rhode Island recycling video.
2: <laughs> Gosh, I can't imagine how many takers you're going to have on yes, that one, Bobby. So fun.
1: <laughs> I will report back. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> on to Podcasters Anonymous. Uh, in a moment that would be more serious if it wasn't so obvious to everyone but Luke, Luke thinks that his schedule and habits were so bad during his days hosting at Cairo in the 7 to 10 slot that he, uh, these habits, including when he would get drunk after work and then gamble all night and then hit the drive through for two to five chicken sandwiches, I believe for <laughs> his words. Yep.
2: I think that too is a low ball. I think he's given himself a range. <laughs> yep. So it doesn't. So he doesn't have to say, "I got five, four to five chicken right. sandwiches."
1: Now, of course, this was always in the early days when he would talk about getting two drinks so that you could pretend that the food was for multiple people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Um, I I did some investigatory research, <laughs> uh, because Anne, you were so appalled at the thought of five chicken sandwiches. Yeah.
2: Five chicken sandwiches.
1: <laughs> uh, if you were to get the smallest chicken sandwich, the cheap, the cheapest chicken sandwich at McDonald's, uh, the Mc ingredients of that sandwich would be what they call a McChicken chicken patty, the regular uh-huh. bun, shredded lettuce, and mayonnaise. And that sandwich comes in at 410 calories, 22 grams of fat, 39 grams of carbs. And 15 grams of protein. So as I think I said shortly after doing this, five of these would simply be only 165% of your total fat daily value. Jeez.
0: Yeah, one by itself doesn't sound like the worst. No, actually, well,
1: it's also not that big, which is how I could see myself. Uh, Like I've never tried to take down five, but I've definitely eaten two. Two is not out of the question at all. Right. And this is a bit of the Arby's effect. Like, you could just get a larger sandwich, but the ratio would be off. So, you know, it's better to get the two smaller sandwiches so that you get the beef and cheddar balance. I'm sure the chicken sandwich is the same.
2: And it seems, you said 15 grams of protein. That seems kind of small for a low for a chicken sandwich
1: fat and the carb I think content, they blend so. it with enough um wood chips that it just takes the fat <laughs> Thanks, time. down. my yeah Chinese newspaper shreddings yeah mm-hmm. it's it's the McChicken patty uh mm-hmm. you know it's 95% breading and spice mm. Mm. so I guess we should all go to a McDonald's and see how many chicken sandwiches we can yeah. eat yeah LRB, LRB like challenged. an LRB. Yes. Eat up. <laughs> yeah. Hey, remember the pop culture challenge? That sort of died on the vine, I think, uh-huh. mainly oh, yeah. because we, we sort of hated one another for it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we were weaponizing it. It wasn't nice. <laughs> yeah. Pop culture challenge, McDonald's edition. Uh, but yes, I think Luke Luke's finally figured out the fact that he was destroying himself when he was working until 10 and then yes. going out and drinking and gambling all night and then coming home. And sleeping the afternoon and then getting up and going to work again it's
2: like when do you do all the other stuff it's exhausting well he didn't
1: I he did that's yeah, true it's true this is this is why he had tickets and bills and
0: yep bad credit mm-hmm. yeah. yep. terrible
2: taxes <laughs> oh those were the days Uh, Well, let's go on to the self-actualization chronicles. Um, Last recap, we talked about this Twitter situation where uh, I finally got the name right. Luke's friend, Joni Balter, the journalist, had asked him to come on her show. The way that Luke described it did not really adequately tell us what it was. It was actually like a live conversation show. It was an event, not her radio show. And uh, Luke was in his feelings about it because somebody mistakenly tweeted out that he and Bill Radke were going to be on the panel discussing Seattle homelessness when they were just going to be on later to make jokes. And everybody got mad at all the straight white guys on the panel. So this was the actual event in front of the live audience. And it sounds like kind of a weird scene, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. This really serious, somewhat contentious and political discussion. And then Luke and Bill are supposed to be on afterwards. Comic relief. Make jokes about About, how Seattle has changed.
1: uh, And zipper merges. He kept saying the term zipper merges.
2: Yeah. So Luke was freaking out as frankly I would have when he was listening it was some journalist who was kind of combative with the panelists and the energy in the room was really weird and he got scared and so when he and Bill got on stage he just defaulted to what he said were his greatest hits he didn't actually attempt to make any commentary on the topics at all just making jokes about I don't know his family and I mean, we've all heard yeah. the Greatest Hits jokes, but it sounds pretty terrible. I don't know what the point of making this segment or this event was, but I feel pretty bad for him. Obviously, it really brought out his anxieties. Yeah.
1: I don't know. Do we have anything else to say on this? Luke pulled out his all of his... Go to's. I mean, good for him for saving it for himself. Right. I mean, yeah, he didn't feel too terrible about it. Right. He just knew that he had to be unreasonable in unreasonable times.
2: (laughs) (laughs) You know, this is the problem is that Luke is so charming and such a good talker. People are like, yeah, he's funny. Let's get him on our show. Yeah. Without thinking whether he'll be a good fit or not.
1: Hey, if somebody wants to do a public affairs conversation about what it's like to live in Bellingham, like 40% of the time, he's a go-to. Mm-hmm. He's got it down. Yeah, if they want to talk about, you know,
2: logging trails on private land that you can jog on. <laughs> Waste disposal issues. <laughs> a
1: he's your man. Mm-hmm. I had a hotel thought. I think it'd be fun to have a conversation with Luke about hotel life because we both travel so much. I stayed at the Westin in Waltham, Massachusetts this week and walking into that room, I had the same thought every time I came back from being out somewhere, which is that I would open the door and I would get hit to my room and I would get hit with this smell and it was the smell. No, 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 not bad. It was the smell of a Westin. Like I've stayed in so many different hotels and Westins must have, I don't know if it's their combination of like cleaners that they use or if they specifically have some sort of. Febreze or air freshener or something that's like branded to them. But Weston's definitely have their own smell. Yeah, they do. It's. I wonder if they
2: have a room spray. Because like you can buy all that crap now. Right. I was thinking cologne. Bobby, you could smell like a (laughs) Weston.
0: Yeah, they do. It's white tea room spray. And it's $55
1: a bottle. Whoa. How big is the bottle?
0: Um...
1: And is it on Amazon? Because people should buy it at LittleRenBagWagon.com slash Amazon.
0: You can get an annual subscription for $324.60. <gasps> no, it's on their website. I don't even know how big it is. Come on, Weston. It's probably
2: like one ounce. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well. It can't be good when they don't list
1: the size. Yeah. If anyone gets me in Secret Santa this year, oh, day, Weston. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Did that go above our dollar limit, though?
1: Oh, Yeah. Well, we should, I mean, with inflation, we should probably be revisiting the dollar limit, especially because every year most of us blow over it anyway. Add 3%. (laughs) Um,
0: Next up is our picky eating segment. They talked about Impossible Burgers again, and there's just not much meat on that story. (laughs) I'm glad it was funny the second time, man. (laughs) It's
2: because I'm a good teammate.
1: (laughs) I was (laughs) going to blow up your spot. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah there really wasn't they talked about how uh, impossible burgers are in burger king that's what luke keeps eating um i'm glad that he is being so healthy i wonder what michael Pollan thinks about these actually i don't i don't care what michael Pollan thinks about anything but uh the, you know i don't know if um if all the other stuff at burger king is a great fit for what luke is trying to do diet wise
2: but at least mm-hmm. he's not
0: killing a cow
2: I mean, is he only eating the Impossible Burger when he goes there, or is he adding on, like, fries and a chocolate shake? I don't know. I mean, fries at Burger King are a travesty,
0: I think. Yes, um, they are. I do, too. Uh, so hopefully not. But, yeah, the, sh- the shakes aren't bad.
1: I remember when they changed their fries, and that was the end of an era. And their fries were fine yep. before. They weren't McDonald's. McDonald's is the, you know, gold yeah. standard of fast food fries. But, yeah, they went from bad to worse, and they thought it was mm-hmm. a good thing. hmm I- mm-hmm. On to me, TBTL friendos. It's the end of the week. We're nearing the end of the show, and TBTL redeemed its week. Oh, thank God. By inviting on Hari Kondabalu.
2: I don't think you can say redeemed
1: the week. I think you can say salvaged the week. (laughs) All right. Salvaged the week with Hari, uh, who came on to tell us about a gig he did at a comedy club underneath a children's restaurant where the servers were in costume and had a run-in with one dressed like a pirate who called him a scallywag. (laughs)
2: I like this guy. I like that he wouldn't break character. I know. Yeah. That's
1: dedication to the bit. <laughs> uh, there's a great South Park episode where they go to some sort of pioneer village. And they get robbed. And like, it's it's basically um, like a diehard scenario where they're taking hostages and killing people. But all the characters in the pioneer village still refuse to break character. <laughs> <laughs> it's really good. <laughs> I mean, it's stupid because it's South Park, but it's really good. Um, it is episode super fun time. And uh, yeah, they're they're all living life in 1864. <laughs> well, the best time
2: period. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is the Disney ethos, right? When yes. um, you work as a costume character at the parks, you absolutely for no reason break character right but i don't even think it's so important to their brand just
1: the costume characters like even the people who work at disney Mm -hmm. like they embody a certain style of persona that is just um endlessly uh, cheerful right relentlessly cheerful relentlessly cheerful (laughs) that's what i was thinking
2: i that's why they call them all cast
1: members instead of employees yeah they're acting um i don't know if we've made the direct correlation on here but we have a listener who could probably enlighten us on this Mm -hmm. i wonder maybe it might have to be anonymous because i don't know how how strictly they handle that but it'd be interesting to hear more about that training actually that could be a lot of fun Mm -hmm. so get at us listener i won't name here just in case there's one person left in tbtl university doesn't know (laughs) who you are
2: (laughs) i think that's probably a Profession or industry that you don't last long in if you're not a naturally positive person who enjoys people. That'd be exhausting for me. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. I like people well enough, but it is a putting on of the mask that is some days harder than others. We
1: have a we had an intern in the office until fairly recently who was very much like that and she was delightful, but it was just I mean it would reach the point of being insufferable. (laughs) Mm-hmm. I just, it's like uh, I, I almost I want to see a little more humanity out of you to prove that you're going to be able to enter the workforce and not just explode and go till one day. Right, <laughs> right. <laughs> you
0: need a callus or two before we send you out there.
1: Yeah, uh, Harry's, Harry's great though. I mean, yeah. uh, you know, he's funny and affable and uh, great conversation. And and it wasn't like one of these celebrities who comes out and they feel like they have to go in interview mode. It was what we always say we want, which is someone to just come chum around for. You know, mm-hmm. a little yeah. while. It'd be great if he had been able to stick around to do the whole show because he could just <laughs> yep. shoot the shit with everyone.
2: They took it a little bit in a, in a direction that I was starting to get worried about because I've said often that I don't really care for it when they have comedians on, and Luke just wants to talk about the process of comedy. <sighs> yeah, because I don't I don't want to. I mean, it's very interested interesting to Luke being you know a person who dabbles in that, but for me, I don't want to talk about the comedy. I just want to see the comedy so they talked about the mechanics of his of Hari's netflix special um, but i actually did think that that was somewhat interesting mm-hmm. to actually sort of see behind the scenes of how all that works and imagine bobcat goldthwait being your director that would be a trip
1: i i struggle with him so much because i just could never i i never appreciated his character and so I know that he's not that person, but he lived that persona for so long mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> that it just, I know he's funnier now. And I, when they first brought him on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, I thought he was going to be terrible. And actually, I think he kind of was for the first couple of times he was on. I, I, this would be a Lynn question, but I think he may have set a record for like the lowest score. <laughs> <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but, uh, he's the, uh, he's the anti-Paula Poundstone sure you know going in for prep for that but mm-hmm. but I, I i've warmed up to him recently but i was surprised about that because i really just didn't i never gave him any thought as being anything more than a hack you know and now i realize now he actually was super popular made a ton of money and you know took care of himself
2: yeah smart person yeah i guess i'm just glad he's not that person in real life because that was a weird character yeah, yeah.
1: He's he's just off stage shouting and squeaking directions to people. <laughs> Is that the week? Is there anything else? I think that's the week. I mean, I, you know, I just generally Friday Friday was fun with Harry. I I I put a bunch of notes in our Slack channel this week, and they're all from Friday because it's the only episode I could remember. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's the week final thoughts uh specific good spoofs or i can't believe you told that i don't know i'm using the i can't believe you told that joke on me this week so yeah that was for you
2: <laughs> um i don't know i nothing that i had just all drowned out by the garbage talk yeah. for me. yeah yeah it soured the week for me too but yeah friday listen to friday yeah, yeah. for sure all
0: right should we move on to some housekeeping uh oh. check out our website little dot com for our merch we've got some awesome stuff um t-shirts you might want to stock up on t-shirts for the picnic that we might or might not be having this summer i don't know it will we'll get it together um our archive project is continuing as always contact christy to get involved with that use our amazon link littleredbedwagon.com slash amazon we get a few pennies from each of your purchases that we know you're making and it gives us show material for friday shows so we love it too um, and check out our sister podcast, Earbuds and Earworms. The latest episode is Songs You're Spinning on Repeat.
1: All right. How you can get involved with the show, you can find us at littleredbandwagon.com. You can submit your feedback, good or bad, to throwyourphone.com. You can find us on Facebook at littleredbandwagon. Bandwagon. The show Twitter is LRB Podcast. Email littleredbandwagon at gmail.com. Voicemails and Texts. 802-432-TBTL. That's 802-432-8285. Sorry. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Mike just realized we're recording.
0: (laughs) He asked why we didn't call him on the telephone. Because it's not 1994. (laughs) I consider that an act of aggression, Mike, and we love you. So I'll never do that.
1: To be clear, I texted him. Mm-hmm. And we don't text. We do like ninety eight percent of our communication through Facebook Messenger, uh, because I like it when the Zuck can follow our conversations. Yeah, but I I went out of my way to text him, thinking maybe the different alert will ping him. Uh, yeah. Uh, you can fax us your butt at six one seven three five four eight five one three. You say that in such a resigned way, Bobby. Fax us your butt. It'll make Hillary really happy. Um, and you know it's only. Like 25 weeks until my birthday. And with that, uh, until next time, this is the next party.
0: We love you, Jen. <sniffs> Nailed it.
1: uh meredith can you can we just get that in the clear can you can you say your line again
0: <laughs> they talked about impossible burgers again and there's just not that much meat on that story
1: there was a little bit of a delay sorry yeah
0: <laughs> you can edit that you, out. Can, you can yeah you cut that out <laughs>